Hey guys, and welcome back to the Waken Podcast. We are your hosts, Cassidy and David, and we are back with another episode, episode number five. That's what right, are we going to yeah, be talking about today? So we just, I first want to apologize. It's been a while that we've dropped an episode. Yeah. It's been about a couple of weeks. And I have a bit of a stuffy nose and a scratchy throat. So if I sound a little oh, different, that's why. Poor thing. Poor me. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about a documentary we just watched, and it's close to home because of our company. Mm-hmm. So the documentary is called a true cost. I was about to say uh-huh. how it's made and it's not. It's not. That's why you keep calling it. The documentary is True Cost. Tr- yeah, the True Cost. Is that True Cost? Or True Cost? I think it's just True, true cost, cost documentary, maybe. Maybe it's, it's just, just True, true cost. cost. Um, There goes that the again. Well, there we go, the the. The the makes a difference. Um, anyways, well, this the is... The documentary, it says the documentary, The True Cost. Okay, so, so I was right. So it's The True Cost. The True Cost. Right. So The True Cost documentary. This you can be, find it on Netflix. This will be our second documentary review, which you guys actually seem to really like the first one we did on a plastic ocean. So we thought we'd do it again. Um, it's just kind of a good way to talk about some topics that we are passionate about and bring awareness to some awesome documentaries out there. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. And without further ado, let's just jump right into it. All right. So, so the whole premise of the documentary is talking about. <clears throat> It's talking about the um, everything that goes behind the item you purchase. For clothing specifically. For clothing. Yeah. It's all about the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. So it goes from, it actually goes from the maker of the product, so the, the, the t-shirt or jeans or yeah, shoes. Or garment. That person that's actually making it, and then it talks about even the raw product, the textiles and the fibers cotton things like that the raw materials the environment all the true all the true cost of a garment that's really not considered into the final price and um, that's what this really documentary focuses on because the whole um, fashion industry that we live in today is so different from what it used to be years ago when our you know grandmothers were and our grandfathers were buying clothes it's a completely different system now and you know, fast fashion is at its peak and clothes are the cheapest they've ever been. But just because the price of an item has gone down significantly doesn't mean that the actual cost of goods has gone down. So what this documentary does, and I think it did a really good job, is break down all these hidden costs, whether it be workers' rights or environment, all these things that aren't considered in the final price, um, the true cost that's happening behind the scenes so and the filmmakers are andrew morgan he's the director and michael ross is the producer but there's also lucy siegel, siegel. Mm-hmm. she's executive producer and is it livia firth she's a zec- uh, executive producer so they um there's more too on there um it's vincent vittorio and christopher harvey as well as laura pieri Mm-hmm. And so these are the creators of this documentary, and they do a really good job. Um, they I explain lo- they explain how there used to be two to three seasons of fashion, mm-hmm. and so it was the winter, fall, and spring, summer. summer. Yeah. And now there's fifty two, pretty much, because fast fashion companies like H and M, Forever Twenty One, um, Levi's. Uh, 
Pesos. Just those, those those big Macy's, those big corporations do almost a release every week of a bunch of different items, and it just keeps the demand going because they make a ton of profit. But it also puts an unrealistic demand on the actual creators of these gar- garments. Right. So, yeah, like just because the price is going down doesn't mean that the actual cost of the garment goes down. So what these companies do is they go to these different countries, like um, it really honed in on Bangladesh, and that's a huge hub for factor, that's, garment factories that produce That's where a lot for, of it, for the U.S. That's yeah, where a lot for of it's fast made. fashion. And, um, you know, the demand or, you know, not really the demand of consumer maybe, but the demand of just the competition between these companies you know, somebody was explaining in the film that here's a shirt for $5 and we have to compete with this company who's going to bring it down to $4.50. Let's bring, can we bring it down to 4 Can we have a $4 t-shirt? Then they go to these factories and ask for that. But, you know, just because you're trying to get a lower bottom line for what you have to pay for a garment, all of these workers still have to eat. They still have to live their life. They still have to pay for things. And so their cut, their pay is what get, get, gets cut. And they want it faster than usual. Mm -hmm. So they're asking for these products super quickly. And what ends up happening is these owners um, of these huge factories that are pretty much given the green light by the governments of these countries um, pretty much ignore the dangers of of the building or the environment they're in. Yeah, and there's um, actually that... Big Rana Plaza, the Rana Plaza disaster, where it was—I um, think I have it written down somewhere. It was over a thousand people who died. Yeah, I total. Wanna, I want to get the exact number though. It was like tw- one thousand two hundred and thirty-nine, I believe, people that died in that disaster. But, but there it, was multiple in that in year. Other areas, yeah. Yeah, so there was a ton, which really got people to notice what was going on. And the, I, what was sad, what really bothered me about it, is that the actual workers in these garment factories had told the management the buildings cracked the buildings cracked that and morning they were like that morning and they put them all back to work shoved them in there locked the doors mm-hmm. so they couldn't get out when it collapsed and i think like it's easy to kind of look at maybe the factory owners and be like well they should have you know take they should take care of their workers more but really they keep getting pushed and pushed to have these demands met because if they don't, these companies have the luxury to just pick up and move to another factory that's going to make that cost. Or even another country. Right. And yeah. so then they won't have work at all. So it's just it's it's a broken system in so many ways. So it's hard to just pinpoint, you know, like all these things. But definitely these larger companies need to be taking responsibility. And what I found so just kind of uh, disturbing was you know it talked about rana plaza and this disaster and all the things that happened after that and lives that were lost and families that were destroyed and um you know communities that were ruined the following year after rana plaza happened um was the most profitable year yet for these fast fashion companies so it's like they didn't even skip a beat didn't even skip it wasn't even kept going yeah and it's sad because in these countries cambodia India, which the the film focuses a lot on India, but it's China, India, Cambodia, a lot of like third world countries. Mm-hmm. Um, one in six people work in this global fashion industry, and the majority of them 
85% actually are women, and they make less than $3 a day. And so that that's what that's kind of where it starts, showing you like the worker, the people that are dealing with this every day, the horrible working conditions. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes further than that. It ends up showing us about the environmental cause. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say what, when we were talking about, I was trying to find this in my notes, um, that Lucy Siegel, you said she was one of the executive producers or so she had a lot she to do with the film that, yeah. as well, but she was posing these questions, you know, why is this huge, um, profitable industry not able to take care of its workers properly? You know, why is it that it's not able to guarantee their safety for we're talking about basic human rights. We're not yeah. even talking about luxuries. We're just yeah. talking about eating, having food, caring for your children, caring for your family, your own health. Or even safety. a livable wage. A livable yeah. wage. Yeah. It's really not that much to ask for from such a huge profitable mega monster that fast fashion is. Yeah. And so what these companies like H&M and Forever 21 and all, there's tons of them, um, they passed the guilt on or the the risk and the what's the word I'm looking for responsibility onto these garment factories, mm-hmm. but they're really causing the issue by pushing that unrealistic demand on them. Right. Um, but yeah. It, but it talks about how it's not just a worker. It's a, it's a whole. It's it, everything is tied to the fashion industry and fast fashion. Mm-hmm. So it talks about how even the way cotton's made. Yeah. It, and it's, it's the totally chemicals changed. and all that. And it was sad because pretty much what ends up happening in the movie, they explain it, is that they use all these genetically modified cotton seeds and the ones that produce them are companies like Monsanto and... Well, there was one more. Round, oh, no, Roundup is but Monsanto, huh? So what was sad is that they end up explaining that Monsanto has a pretty much a monopoly on the seed. Because they've patented the they seed. they patented the seed. So they sell it to the farmer, mm-hmm. and the farmer um, goes into debt for that seed, and they have to come back to him a lot. And because they come back, because they cannot seed collect from the previous crops, they have yes. to buy new ones each year. That's what makes it such a big deal. And they, um, the seed doesn't live up to the promise. So they end up having to go into debt for some pesticides, more pesticides. More fertilizer. And what really broke my heart was that they said, well, then after they're in all this debt, the representative of one of these large companies like Monsanto... Um, comes up to the farm owner, landowner, and says, you haven't paid your debts, so now your land is ours. You That's what we're going to take back for it. <clears throat> and they found that when that day or, you know, when that happens, the farmer goes out into his land and drinks the pesticides and commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And in the past 15 years, over 250 thousand Indian cotton farmers have killed themselves. That's the highest for- form of suicide. Farmer suicide, Farmer right? suicide. Yeah. And they're all in these towns where they're growing cotton or, you know, these these um, raw materials for 
essentially the clothes that we're going to wear one day. Pretty much. And it's it's just really a broken system from the seed to the actual item that's made. Mm-hmm. Everyone is suffering up to there, and the ones making the profit is a handful of people. And it goes into talk about, too, along with that thought that um, in these communities and these villages where there are these, they're farming, you know, they're having this agriculture, and they're using Monsanto um, for the pesticides and the seeds and fertilizer, they notice that there is a huge spike in mental retardation, mental handicap in children and adults, cancers. cancers. And what I just, you know, you see these these video and these pictures of these children and just the side effects of this all. It's not just, you know, oh, well, it stays in the ground. It's not it's not bothering anyone. It's really having a huge it's, toll. And it was so, I don't remember into what the, the numbers water. were, but it was like 70 to 80 kids in a village could have these um, effects. And also what makes it even worse is that the same companies that are producing these harmful chemicals in the environment are also responsible and own the um, medicine to help them. So, so you know, the, whether you have cancer, you're, it's a win-win for them either way. The doctor was saying that um, the parents of these children are just waiting for the children to die. They can't do anything about it. Yeah. And so it was pretty heartbreak, heartbreaking to see that. Um, but, yeah, you, you're right that the same companies that create these chemicals are the ones that, sell the medicine to them too so it's it's just a win-win for the companies but a lose-lose for the people that have to deal with that every day right because why why would you take responsibility and be like you know let's change this way we do this when i can just give you the medicine that we make the money off of that either way so i'd rather you get sick because then we can make double the profits it's just it's crazy it's a pretty horrible thing um but even in the united states they were talking, there was a family that, towards the end of the video, of the documentary, um, her husband got cancer. They were cotton farmers. They were cotton farmers. And she can't, she doesn't have like the proof, proof, but it's so many people in that area were getting cancer and they were all. It was like a type of brain tumor. It was a brain tumor. And they, she said, it's not like we had to go elsewhere because the area in which we live, it's so common for men from their 50s to 60s to have this type of cancer in that area because they're all agricultural workers. And so she's like, yeah, I don't have the smoking gun, but you know, there's a pattern here that's obvious. And it's due to the pesticides that they're doing to spray for these cotton, Mm -hmm. um, plants. But, um, it's pretty interesting because what they're saying is that the off the, the water that's the chemicals that they use for the clothing, it's going into the waters. Mm-hmm. People are drinking the water in India and different countries. They're drinking the water. And that fashion industry is actually the world's second largest polluter. To oil, <clears throat> yeah. Right behind the oil industry. So it's obviously a, a big issue. And most of that apparel ends up in landfills. They brought out a good point that um, only 10% of the clothes people donate. Let's say you want to donate your clothes to... Yeah, this Conmary decluttering phase. Yeah. Craze is... It, Full th- force. That most of that, only 10% of that gets sold in stores and the rest go to these countries. And what ends up happening is they sit in these landfills in these different countries, but it also kills the local market. Well, so like it'll either go to landfill or they'll ship it in bundles to these countries. And then 
yeah, like you were saying, they it completely destroys the local economy because local artisans, um, you know, traditions that have been passed down, heritage of these countries and these cultures starts to slowly get lost because there's massive amounts of U.S. imports of our garbage, stuff we don't want. And now the kids are getting it for cheaper and they're looking like Americans, quote unquote. You know, they westernize, trying to westernize over there too, but... So it kills the economy. That yeah. whole even like a one for one, you buy one, one gets given. Right. Some of the, sometimes that's actually worse for the economy where they're they're trying to help. Um, but in this situation, it's just we're sending so much clothes there that is ruining the local economy. But also, it all that clothes is sitting in in landfills. I think that's really important to bring out because. Like you said, we could we could send it like we could declutter our closet and we could feel good because, oh, I'm giving it to charity. I'm giving I'm donating it to somebody who's going to be able to use it and I can't. But that's almost a kind of facade nowadays because of the scale that we're donating clothes. Yeah. You know, it's not just like one or two every few months, every few years. It's like 10 bags at one time. And if like 500 people do that a day. There's Bottom no room to, to yeah. even put that in, and most of it's crappy clothes because we're all, you know, subject to fast fashion now. Most five dollar t shirt, right? So yeah. that's not even worth reselling. So we're just going to ship it or scratch it or whatever. Um, but I but, just thought it was interesting too, having to do with like consumerism and just slowing down. Somebody quoted that, um, like advertisement has it in our heads that the way to solve the problems in our life is to consume. Yeah. And that was I think I forgot where I heard it but a long a while ago. Um I don't remember if it was a president. I I don't remember where that's from, but someone said America's largest contribution to society is consumerism. It's not healthcare, not any not anything really productive that could actually contribute towards the but benefit consumerism. but consumerism. And that that whole idea that we can we can't live without fast fashion is a complete myth. So just because it's there doesn't mean we need to buy it. Right. You know, so I think, you know, they, they do explain that besides all the environmental impact, the human impact, which is all that is horrible. It's it's, yeah. it's hurting people from the water and the seed all the way to the, the T-shirt. And But they were also explaining how um, we all are so focused on eating organic or using organic creams and, and, you know, pesticide free, paraben free. Mm -hmm. Now we forget that our skin is the largest organ and we put clothes, clothing on us that is filled, laced with chemicals. And we're wearing those for hours on a day. We're sweating. Our pores are opening. We're absorbing it. All day, every day. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, so... It is a broken system. It's just messed up to the core. And then it's close to us because we own a company that deals with that. Yeah. We are a clothing line. We are a clothing line. And we, our goal from the beginning was to give back and help reduce waste. And so we try our hardest to do organic materials, organic on organic hemp. Yeah, and um, not just produce reduce waste, but to reduce the actual negative impacts on our planet, on yes. the people. We try to really think not just about, oh, this is a product we want, but how can we do that with the least amount of harm possible? Yeah. 
what who are the people that are actually going to be making that what does that look like yeah how is this going to affect their lives because there's so many things people always come to us and they're like oh you guys should do this and we 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 have so many things that we'd love to put in into you know have launch product and but we really really try to do everything so consciously and really think about so many things before we release one so each product that we release there's a lot of thought behind it the sourcing of the materials everything it's very um you know we want to make sure everything's accounted for no you're right um we'll get like some people will be like oh you can find that blanket for cheaper and i i love our i love our community i love our community because someone wrote that in a comment once on on facebook you can find this for cheap and then someone i didn't even have to respond you know in a nice way explaining why we're different yeah someone wrote well good go ahead and good job completely avoiding the fact that you can help someone else's life by purchasing this type of blanket yeah. Or some in was that, like like have fun supporting sweatshops. Yeah, or something, or something like, like that in that sense. And I was like, wow, the, you know, there's there's people out there, and that's what they were explaining in the documentary that we we have the power to change. We can hold these companies accountable, right? By the way we we purchase, and so if we say, hey, you know, this company does this and it's not okay, I don't want you know just because it's five dollars or even ten dollars, I don't want what this shirt brings, the baggage it brings with it, you know, what it does to the environment, what it does to humanize people just like us. And so we have the power to say is not okay. I'm actually going to go with a company like this. And companies do notice because when you start hurting their bottom dollar, they make the change. Because everything is about money. And that's what they were saying, that these companies are so focused on profit, they forget about the human element, the environmental element. And it and it's it's really sad to see. It's true. But that's like you're saying, you vote with your dollars. So when you decide to, you know, hold back from supporting a brand or business or company with your money, they notice that, you know, when you start demanding, um, I'd rather have this or where how are the working conditions for your employees? Where do you make your garments? They notice that, you know, the more and more people do that, the more they'll take notice and make, take action eventually. And we have the responsibility as companies that to not to think of the end product, but to think of the beginning of it, how it's going to be made. What, what is the whole process? We, we're responsible for that too. And, you know, we hope that the customers join in, in that and, um, vote with their dollar. But, um, it's true that, you know, we, we do have the control and it doesn't matter how big you get, you want to stay with those core values. And I think people forget that they choose the profit over people, people. And it's, it's, it's a sad thing to see. Yeah. It's a really great documentary. Um, but yeah, we have the responsibility. Absolutely. You, you can find a lot of that information too. I recommend everybody watch this, whether you oh, are into sure. fashion or if you wear clothes and you're not a nudist, watch this. Documentary. Watch this documentary. <laughs> it's true. Um, you can find it again. You can find it on Netflix. Um, you can go to truecost dot. Let me see if it's dot com or dot org. I'm pretty sure it's dot com. And we're actually going to do a follow up episode too, talking about more. Go a little bit more in depth about what we try to do as a responsibility or as a company to take responsibility for our garments. And, and maybe, maybe even have, um, 
other companies as examples as well. We can talk oh, about yeah. it too. Um, TrueCostMovie.com is where you can learn more about this documentary and everything that's going on. But um, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. Well, again, we're we're sorry we were gone for a little bit, but we're back. We're back. And let us know in the comments what other topics you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And again, if you want to support us, you can go to wakenedapparel.org. That's wakened, not awakened. Wakened, W-A-K-E-N-E-D, apparel.org. Or the link will be in the show notes as the well. The link will be in the show notes as well. But it's a great documentary. We recommend everybody watch it. The True Cost on Netflix. You can find it anywhere now. But go out there and watch it. Yeah. And Have a viewing party. Have a viewing party. Pop some popcorn. Oh, also, go to if you would like, go to our latest Instagram post at Wake and Apparel on Instagram and... Let us know any other documentaries you'd like to hear us do a little review on. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Cause I love think watching documentaries. It'd be fun to kind of make this a thing because, yeah, we watch we watch documentaries actually quite often. So just... There is a lot of information, and we didn't want to get too much into it because we really want everyone to watch it and experience it for themselves. Yeah. So we kept this nice and short, but we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>